Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Where we're at, where we're at. I mean, it's it's... You know, nobody wants to have been in this position. Nobody wants to, um, you know, have the amount of players and the turnover that we've had that we've had to have. Um, but it's also my job to figure it out and to to communicate, to lead, to um, you know, be honest with where we're at. Mike Vrabel, whose Titans last won a game on Thursday night football in Green Bay. They have not won since then, and they now find themselves technically not in first place in their division. However, that title comes down to Week 18, Titans at Jaguars. Winner will win the division. What happens this week does not matter because of the application of tiebreakers. But the Titans at 7-8, and eight, Cowboys 11-4. and four. Cowboys still holding out hope of possibly winning the division, Chris, uh, still potentially catching the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Cowboys want this one. The Cowboys need this one. The Titans don't. And as a result, Derrick Henry is doubtful. Ryan Tannehill's out. He would have been out anyway. Jeffrey Simmons out. Bud Dupree out. Zach Cunningham out. Other players out. Uh, it's, you know, the folks at Amazon thought they had a pretty good final Thursday night game of the season until that game became meaningless for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's the right move if you're the Tennessee Titans. Why play them? Why? I mean, what, what's what's you know what's the point? You know, let your team get healthy here and be as close as they can be to full strength to to give your best shot at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I get that. Yeah, I understand Dallas is still playing for something there. So, yeah, they're going to be on their A game, too. And then, you know, by all due accounts, I mean, I expect Philadelphia to beat New Orleans this weekend, and that'll be over. And, you know, this might be Dallas's last showing anyways. They could end up being the team next week that doesn't play starters in the last regular season finale. Doesn't matter. We're the number five seed, and so what? Let's just get ready for the playoffs. So this might be their last showing as well. Um, but, yeah, it's unfortunate as a viewer that we're not going to see one more big-time standalone game. It looked like it was going to be awesome. It did. 
You know, I was kind of excited to see this Dallas defense have to try to stand up to this running attack and Derrick Henry. We've seen that this is an issue for Dallas with big offensive lines and powerful running game. They have a hard time slowing it down. But we're not going to see that. And I think it's totally the right move by the Tennessee Titans. And you get ready for the Jaguars in week 18 and, and see where it goes from there. The NFL hates it, but it's just part of the reality. It is strategic. It is smart. And with only one bye week available per conference, yeah. you get your rest when you can, how you can. I mean, if the Cowboys are locked in at number five, who are they going to play next week against the Commanders? That's right. That's Especially, what I said. I said yeah. yesterday, if it keeps Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you, you, just, you, you do what you have to do to get the rest when you can get it. And the Titans are getting theirs tonight as they get ready for a game that's coming up. And they get extra time to get ready for it as compared to the Jaguars since they're playing Thursday night. They get another mini-buy heading into that winner-take-all game in Week 18. Um, we are going to get Malik I, Willis I, look, tonight, right? That's the important thing. He gets more reps. Yes. He gets game time, yes. right? That's what they need. That's the only guy they need to focus on tonight is go, how can we get Malik Willis to feel good, comfortable, to where he can go into the Week 18 game and feel like, hey, wait, I can make a few plays, and if I play smart, you know, we can win this football game. Uh, that, that, to me, is what this night's all about for the Tennessee Titans, the building of Malik Willis' confidence. Other than that, nothing freaking matters other than let's just get healthy for that, that matchup, and we'll see where that goes because it's – it certainly hasn't been easy for Malik Willis at this point, and it's not an easy situation he's been thrown into. 14 for 23 last week against the Texans, 99 yards, two interceptions, a passer rating of 34.5. Anytime your passer rating is below what it automatically is, if you are just 0 for 1 or 0 for 20, there's like a minimum. If you don't even complete a pass and throw no interceptions, it's like 37. He's below that, thanks to two picks on 23 throws with 14 completed for 99 yards. It's just not a good passing performance, and that's where he needs to develop. So you're right, Chris. Get him more reps. Hope the game starts to slow down for him and get him ready for that game against Jacksonville where – He's undoubtedly going to be the starter. I mean, I think it's going to be him the rest of the way. There have been different reports about whether or not Ryan Tannehill can come back, and he is a tough SOB who fights through everything he can, but this is one that he's – it looks like he's just not going to be able to fight through. Yeah, it it seems like it's going to be too serious to come back from. And, and, you know, again, with with the context of the situation, this is an offense that wasn't great to begin with. And you got a quarterback – that's, yeah, I mean, the number one flaw about him was how raw he was. Uh, big arm, great runner, you know, has some really big-time potential as a thrower. It's natural, but playing in the pocket, going through reads, appropriate touch, appropriate, you know, throw on certain routes, that's still in the process of being learned here. So that's where tonight is good. And then hopefully they can take a little bit from what he does tonight and go, oh, okay, wait, he's kind of good at this, and we can build off that for next week. And also, I don't know if we'll see it tonight, but I would think quarterback, you know, run game, as we saw in that one last week, continues to be more of a part of their their game plan overall to where they're going to be like, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson uh, in his rookie year, I think, next week. This is going to look like, at least I envision it, uh, but this is not an easy situation, and you know this is this is one where you know you, you'd wonder, you know, why, why did they go into the year with a a rookie quarterback at, with a team like this that's this raw? And maybe those are some of the reasons John Robinson's not the GM anymore. 
Well, and, and look at look at those statistics yeah. from his, his three starts. And right. the one thing we don't know, and you're you're right, Robinson's out, and it's clear that he and Mike Vrabel didn't see eye to eye. Yep. And we, we know very well the Vrabel reaction to the AJ Brown trade. The you know the, yeah uh, yeah you know and I just wonder I wonder what Vrabel thought about Malik Willis and the decision to draft Malik Willis and undermine Ryan Tannehill. Remember how we reacted to it, even though it was a third round pick. This was the guy that many thought would be the first quarterback off the board going into. We talk all the time about how the Vegas information as it relates to the draft is so spot on. wasn't spot They were on wrong with on that, that one. They he were was the odds-on favorite to be <laughs> yeah. the first quarterback yeah. drafted. <laughs> so, but it brought it brought a level of expectation, like maybe next year Malik Willis takes over, whatever. I just we don't know, and Mike Vrabel's not going to tell anybody what he really thought of it. But now, now Mike Vrabel needs Malik Willis because their path to the playoffs is going to hinge on maybe something better than what we saw in that graphic. Don't put that graphic up again, though. That that is as bad as it gets from a passing standpoint, and it puts more pressure on Derrick Henry to be the guy who saves the day. Oh, there it is. I said yeah. I didn't want to see it. Look away. Look away. Try, don't eat your breakfast. Look away! Not even 100 yards. He threw 23 passes and didn't get to 100 yards. Man. I, I know. I mean, guys run the ball 23 times and get to 100 yards. Yes, yes. I, that's, that, it is troubling. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, again, you, you look, Derrick Henry had 23 rushes in that game for 126 yards, uh, to your point. Uh, it's it hasn't been a strength of their football team with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. They've taken a step back with the loss of A.J. Brown and Robert Woods hasn't quite been the same way. So, you know, and now you're throwing in a rookie quarterback into that situation. Yeah, good luck. That's that's a tough one. It really is. So uh, we'll see what they can do. I got a ton of respect for Mike Vrabel. He's an incredible game manager. I think he's still one of the best head coaches in football. I, I I wouldn't put anything by them. I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting there on Sunday Night Football next week going, look at this. Malik Willis and the Tennessee Titans are winning by three late in the fourth quarter. This is unbelievable. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they did that to the Kansas City Chiefs with Malik Willis. They, they can do it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The problem is there's more film on Malik Willis there is. now. And it right. shows. I you know what to expect. So, exactly uh, right. And. And, 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 and again, bottom line is, if you're looking for reasons to watch tonight, I mean, I sold the hell out of the Sunday night game with Tom Brady, maybe the last time you ever see him in primetime. I'll sell that. Bezos, you can, you, can, you can owe me. You get to see Malik Willis. Can he get to the point where he'll be good enough for his date with the Jaguars next week? That's the guy to watch tonight. Even as it relates to anyone with the Cowboys, yes, the Cowboys need this game. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. And their fans are probably going to take over that stadium in Nashville. But it's Malik Willis. That's the reason to tune in tonight for the final Thursday night game of the year. More from Week 17 Grab Bag Edition, including the Geno Smith Revenge Bowl. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. As you may or may not know, I welcome emails from fans or haters or anyone. Florio at ProFootballTalk.com, and I'll probably just get 15 more now because I said that. But I like interacting. I like hearing what people think, regardless of whether or not it's an insult. So I want to share one that just came through oh, in the last wow. 10 or 15. This sounds like an insult with the, the grin you see on your face. George, George is asking me for a favor. George wants me to stop talking with my large hamburger helper hands it's not an italian thing work on improving your vocabulary and you will not have to use your hands to accentuate your thoughts i would greatly appreciate it love your show hey well, george. george hey, hey forget george. about it hey. george george it is an italian hey, thing and it has nothing to do with vocabulary hey. It's the way human beings communicate. And if I were to use a certain finger on either of my two hands right now, you know which one it would be, George. I'm having fun, George. So anyway, thank you. Hello, George. I hope somebody got George a box of hamburger helper for Christmas. I should have asked George for his address and sent him pasta and meatballs edition of Hamburger Helper. All right, Week 17 Grab Bag, NFC Playoff Picture Edition. Let's start with the Jets at the Seahawks. A little Geno Smith revenge on the Jets. A little Pete Carroll revenge on the Jets, who employed him as the head coach for all of one year back in 1994. Which quarterback needs to be more central to their team's success, Mike White or Geno Smith? Wow. You know... This is one where the spotlight's on both quarterbacks, and I know that it's like that, but there, there's some real scheme X's and O's stuff here where it is going to be important for both. I think if you're going to make me pick one, though, I'm going to pick Geno. I am. Just because, one, they're, the Jets' defense is very good still, and I don't think the Seahawks can do what we saw Jacksonville do to them last week. So Geno, I think, is going to be under pressure. He's got to make sure he limits mistakes. They're not very good at pass protecting, and – you know, they're really not that great in the run game either. They just have a special running back who can make some cuts and some plays and get extra yards. But they don't open up, like, real big holes to where you go, ooh, they're dominant there. And then the stress he was under, the duress he was under the last two games against the 49ers and the Chiefs, and damn, now he's got to deal with this pass rush. So he's going to have to find the balance and try to make plays, protect himself, protect the football, and, and make it happen that way. And that's why I'll go with Geno in this one. Tough call, though, this one. Yeah, and look, Geno Smith has other things riding on this as well. Both guys are due to be unrestricted free agents after the season. I feel like Mike White has done enough to get someone's attention. Yeah. I feel like Geno has kind of slipped after that great start. I mean, the whole team has slipped. It all started when they were literally slipping on the turf in Munich, 
They've lost five out of six games starting with that one. They've gone from six and three to seven and eight. And it's just, can they hold on? Can they? And now they're at the point where they have to thrust themselves back into the conversation, just like the Jets. These are two teams that have collectively fallen off. Mike White can just say, I don't have anything to do with the past few weeks. I haven't played. Um, so I think it is more on Geno to turn the Seahawks around. I think with Mike White, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. They're going to be happy to have him back. Right. Thrilled to move on from this Zach Wilson debacle and rally around Mike White again. Break out their Mike F. and White t-shirts and yeah. wear them on the plane to Seattle. Hey, that's where it'll be. It'll be interesting to see, too. You know, th- that's why I was like a little going back and forth because, one, the Jets, they can't run the ball, right? And the other thing is that the Seattle Seahawks pass defense is a pain in the butt. It, it's for real a pain in the butt. They're creative. They're well coached in the pass game. They have a good creative way to attack, you know, your, your protections, blitz a guy, drop a guy, blitz, whatever. So they do some different things there to where that's where I got into Mike White. I, I mean, he's going to have a central part in this, this game this weekend because I, I don't imagine the Jets being able to just run the ball at will. So that that's where it'll be fun. This is this is kind of under the radar, you know, one of the better games of the weekend because of the things you explained and then the quarterback matchup and Robert Sala, he came from Seattle. That's where he started his career. Now he's going back there uh, to see the old regime and all that. So uh, this this one will be intense and hard hitting. Minnesota Vikings 12-3 and at the Green Bay Packers 7-8. They played way back in week one. It was the only game the Vikings won all year by more than one score. 11-0 in one-score games. The Packers will be in good shape against Minnesota as they try to sneak into the postseason if they blank Justin Jefferson. Uh, like, keep him from going off, okay? Or keep him – keep if they keep Justin Jefferson from totally going off, or I don't know if I'm fitting that in there the right way, contain him to a degree, okay? You're not going to contain him all the way. I understand that. If he has a game where it's like 150 yards, you're going to lose. The, the, the game, it's, it's over. But if they can make it to where, hey, it, it's 60, 70 yards, I, I would go, ooh, they, they got a good chance here. Uh, th- that would be, you know, my two cents. This is, it's interesting, this one here. You know, two, two what, what's interesting about, can the Packers stop your Minnesota Vikings run game? I know you guys aren't great at running the ball, but the Packers stink at stopping the run. And that's where I also think, like, oh, man, that could be trouble because we know Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook get going, then all everything starts to get going. And that's where I, I do find this matchup interesting because I think both offenses have the advantage over the opposing defenses. And the Vikings have done fairly well for themselves in recent years in Green Bay. Didn't yeah. go well last year, but they had that tie, tie right. in Kirk Cousins' first year with the team. Yeah, it an exciting game that went all the way down to the end, missed field goals kept the Vikings from winning. Um, they, they have confidence there. They play with confidence. During the year of the pandemic when there were no fans in the stands, you had Vikings jumping up doing the Lambeau leap with no one else around. I mean, they they will go there, and they will be able to play their brand of football. The weather shouldn't be a factor. But Jeff, Justin Jefferson is, is such a, a critical component of the offense. I see more and more people talking about him as an MVP candidate. I think it's going to be tough for him to pull it off. Uh, but, but he is on track to – break the single-season receiving yardage record. And I know there's 17 games now, not 16, but he's still on track to beat it. At some day, at some point, someone is going to beat it. Cooper Cup made a run at it last year. Jefferson may very well do it this year. He may get 2,000 
this year. Yeah. It becomes hard not to vote for him for MVP if he gets to 2,000. And if the Vikings, look, they're trying to nail down the two seed, which is not going to be easy with the 49ers hot on their heels. And they still have a slim window for the one seed if the Eagles can't get right against the Saints. Right. If the Eagles end up losing to the Giants, the Vikings can still take the one seed away from the Eagles. So the point is, this isn't some throwaway game for a team that's clinched its playoff spot. They still got plenty to play for. And Justin Jefferson playing for history, playing for the record, and playing for maybe some MVP consideration. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating team, your Vikings. It really is. It's still a story and a team that I've never seen a team be less impressive but be 12-3 and three and pull out these games. And there is something to be said about that. Uh, but it is one of those where every week you scratch your head and go, wait, I don't know exactly how they won that game. You know, it seems like they were outplayed, but they won. Uh, they just got, you know, the magic touch this year, that's for sure. And Justin Jefferson is by far the MVP of that football team. And that's where it's interesting this year. I think we have a few teams where you go, like, you know, the teams that are good, the Vikings, the Dolphins. I would even throw the Eagles in there to go the most valuable player in those teams are three receivers, and those are playoff caliber football teams, and you don't always see that. It's kind of kind of different. And, you know, I, I was explaining this to my son the other day because he was too young to fully appreciate Randy Moss. Randy Moss was the most explosive, dynamic receiver I've ever seen in my life insofar as he would get down the field, he would throw the ball, and he would go get it. Yeah. But Justin Jefferson is more like Jerry Rice. Yeah. He just that's does a good one. everything. Right. And you can count on him. Yep. Anywhere, any place. Right. Just like the game the other day, right? It's going to overtime. It's going to overtime. Kirk Cousins throws a little pass to Jefferson and he wills his way into field goal range. Yep. Now, 61 yards is hardly a gimme, but without that play, yeah, no they're chance. going to overtime and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, right. When, when, if, we're, if we're looking at value, and it's still going to be hard to overcome Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but we're looking at raw value that a player has to a team. When you can rely on that guy, I mean, think about the Bills game. Yeah. C- Cousins told him, I'm just going to throw it up to you. And he makes one of the greatest catches we will ever see in our lifetime. So, I, anyway, I'm not making the MVP case for Justin Jefferson now, no, but, but I was all over correct. the possibility going into the season. You were. You were. You're correct Sean with Payton. what you said. I saw Sean Payton on Fox. Sean Payton had a great line on Fox over the weekend. He said, we all root for our narratives. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. And that was one of my narratives going into the season, that he could be an MVP candidate, and he is. All right, Bears at Lions. Bears 3-12, and 12, Lions 7-8. and eight. What's more likely, Justin Fields rushes for 80 or more yards or Jared Goff throws for 300-plus yards? Ooh, those are both very likely. I, I, I can see both of those happening. What's that's not the question. I know. What's I know. More like and so people. You know, I, I think sometimes. Well, I always get questions to people who are like, "How come you don't? It takes you. How do you? Why do you have to like think about those? Don't they give you those before the show?" And I'm like, "No, we literally see them live, just like everybody else. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm trying to no. process it." Um, Jared Goff throwing for 300 but yards. But we could see them in advance if we wanted to. We could. The information is available to us if we chose to avail ourselves of it. I think most of the time it's already plugged in. I don't know. I've never checked. You're, I Have never you? opened the Apparently sheets. Apparently not. The night, the night, yeah, so, okay, there we go. I never opened the sheets the night before to where we have a rundown of our show. So, you're right. Maybe it is there. I don't know. But I'm going to go with Jared no. Goff throws for 300-plus yards. Uh, I, I don't feel necessarily comfortable about that, but – I do think that the Lions, with their rushing attack and the way they can run the ball, it's it's going to make Buffalo play some man-to-man and be in those situations to where I could see him. Or Chicago. Or, I mean, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking about the Bears in Buffalo last weekend. I could see you know, Goff you know, 
taking advantage of some of those matchups. They're like we've talked about. They're hard to match up with their receivers. They they can go. So I'll go with Goff 300 plus yards, but I'm not totally comfortable in that. What a year from Jared Goof to Jared Go Off. What do you think? He has had a great year, and he has he has turned around the perception that he was just a guy they were going to keep until they could get out from under his contract. That that's why they got one of the first round picks they got from the Rams. I think Fields is more likely to have 80 yeah, yards. Okay. I just think Fields. That's all they got. That's all they can do. I know. That's all they can do. At least the Lions do have a running game. All the Bears have is Justin Fields breaking one or two and backdoor cover. We're doing our picks podcast later, and I heard your voice in my head as I was looking at this game and recognizing the Lions are still playing for playoff possibility. The Bears are cooked, but with Justin Fields, there's always that opportunity to score that backdoor cover when he just does that, slips past someone, and he's gone. He's the most dangerous running quarterback right now in the NFL. All due respect to Patrick Mahomes, who is dangerous in a different kind of way because you never know when he's going to throw it while he's running around. But it's incredible what Justin Fields does running the ball, Chris. Incredible. He's, he's, uh, I mean, he's already in the conversation maybe the most gifted quarterback we've ever seen running ever. I mean, it's insanity. It is. And, hey, Buffalo was the, about the first team we've seen last week that contained him. You know, and, and of course, it's the one, you know, I picked Buffalo to cover, but Justin Fields has burned me so many times picking the team to beat Chicago to cover that I didn't pick it, even though I said on the picks podcast, it's like Buffalo have a plan, but uh, you know, we've seen other teams have plans. And Detroit does not have Buffalo's defense and they don't have some of those. They don't have those two middle linebackers that can run like that. Uh, Buffalo had the right attack as far as the things you do to rush Justin Fields. Maybe Detroit can take that into their own game plan. We'll see. Uh, But I would expect him to have a few big runs in this one. Browns at the Commanders. Browns are done at 6-9. Commanders 7-7-1. All the Commanders have to do is win their last two games, and they are in, possibly by the skin of that tie that they had against the Giants. But that's where a tie becomes handy. You can slip in in front of some other teams. Higher total for this one with Carson Wentz back under center. The number of times we say, holy crap, what a throw, or the number of times we say, holy crap, what the hell was that? <laughs> that sounds like a, a Matt Casey question right there about Carson Wentz, who is producing our show today. Um, and, and, yeah, and it does. It's a Matt Casey got in my ear. He says, it sounds like the screening room. Yeah, because it is. When Carson Wentz plays, we're always like, oh, what a play. And then two plays later, we're like, what the hell was he thinking? What is he, an idiot? Uh, that, that's a little bit what you get with him. The, gonna... left-handed, the left-handed pick six in his own end zone from last year is the epitome oh, of Carson Oh, my gosh. Exa- exactly When right. he's falling down right. and he throws the ball up and the Colts player grabs it and walks in. Or, Not the Colts player, the player, whoever they were playing. That yeah, I think yeah, I can't, it was that the Titans, Titans that game. I know. The Titans, I think, they got that with Matt Stafford in a yeah. crazy one, too, so I can't remember which one it is. But then he also had the shovel pass against the Jaguars, right? They got intercepted or maybe fumbled as he was trying to shovel it. Uh, yeah, he does some of that stuff. But I think this will be a game we say, holy crap, what a throw. All right? Uh, one, I-, I hope he's smart enough to realize, hey, Cleveland's defense is not necessarily, you know, some cupcake. They- they- they're-, they're-, they're still a pretty s- s- tough unit there. And then, two, I hope he realizes the big picture of the game, that Cleveland's offense is nothing special, that his commander's defense should be able to keep them in check. So uh, I'm going to go with holy crap, what a throw. 
Yeah, you know what? I think so, too. Look, I, I give some credit to Ron Rivera. He had a choice to make. Yeah. And it wasn't something that he made on his own. We talked about this yesterday. Surely he got the finger on the pulse of the locker room. But Carson Wentz is the guy they brought in to be the starter. The only reason Heineke had a chance to do what he did was because Wentz got injured. The last time we saw Wentz start a game, it was that game against the Bears, and they pull off the victory. And, yeah, there was a questionable non-call of pass interference, but that was when Rivera got a little huffy with the media afterward for constantly questioning Wentz, even though he was the one who was raising the question. I think this is just a great opportunity for Wentz to come in and do some things and and kind of rejuvenate his career. He's only been around six, seven years. I mean, he entered the league the same year as Jared Goff. It yeah. would be fitting if Wentz does a little of what Goff has done this year and change some narratives and change some minds. So I'm with you. I think we're going to have more holy crap, what a throw moments, especially because even though the Browns are good on paper, I think they're clearly in playing out the string mode, business decision mode, just get to the offseason healthy mode. Panthers at the Bucks, a huge game in the NFC South. Six and nine Panthers who already have a win over the Bucks this year. The Bucks a game ahead at seven and eight. The Panthers can still win the division by winning out. Possible rhetorical question what would happen if the Bucks tried playing the whole game in a no huddle offense? Yeah. We see how good they are when they right. have to slip into no huddle. And that question came up after the Saints game. Yes. Why don't you just do it the whole game? Right. You know, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box material? I think that was an old Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> why don't yeah. you just do the whole game and right. no huddle if it works so well? Right. Yeah. And then just let Donovan Smith hold the whole game and we just will never, we'll just won't even pay attention. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. They're so good at the two minute drill. They hold every play and he's throwing and he's picking them apart. Um, uh, but no, I, I think it, it is an interesting thought. It is. And, you know, we know how awesome he is in that situation, Tom Brady. Uh, the other thing it does when you go no huddle usually simplifies defenses to a degree. They don't want to call crazy intricate blitzes or coverages because you don't have enough time to maybe communicate it and do all that. So you start to get into some, you know, simpler coverages. Uh, so there, there are some advantages there. You know, but I think there's also the, the thought of this, too, that, yeah, they're doing that. We've seen that in two games. But it's the end of the football game versus defenses that are not very good and they're kind of worn out, too. You're not necessarily going to see that same energy. And where you got to be careful is you go no huddle, and all of a sudden you're off the field in three plays, and you ran 10 seconds off the clock. Right. You're wearing out your own defense. Exactly. Now the defense is on, yeah. and then you go, hey, let's go no huddle again. And all of a sudden you go three and out again, and you're going, oh, crap, we've had the ball for 20 seconds so far today, and the other team's had two six-minute drives, and now we haven't gotten rhythm in offense, and our defense is exhausted. So I don't think Todd Bowles, the defensive coach, would go that go that route but I it, it is an interesting thought because it's a struggling offense and you know there, there's not a lot of avenues of success that we've seen from them this year I like the idea of having it always on the table yeah I hear you there slipping into it when when the moment is right when when you know get a you first just, down or two where being and then maybe an experienced you go. head coach comes right. into play yeah yeah all right, let's let's and that remember when Bill Belichick used to love to have the Swiss Army knife guys that could line up in different spots. So yeah. you can't you can keep going and the other team can't substitute. Right. You 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 the catch Grom, them in Aaron Hernandez. a collection of eleven guys right. where you can start slipping guys. Yeah, I was trying not to mention his name, but but either of them really. But you you can start moving guys around all over the place and and you you exploit the matchup uh disadvantage yes. that, that the other team is going to deal yeah. with. So I, I, li I like that. I don't like doing it. No, I think it would be foolish to do it all game. 
But I do like the idea of being ready to go at a given moment. Yeah. I like that. That adds an excitement, too, for the offensive players. You never know when we're going to slip into that mode, and you're always kind of on your toes and excited because it's got to be fun for them yeah. to just yeah. go into kind of fast break, no huddle mode. We, we see teams do that. You know, The Eagles can be like that at times where they get a first down or two, and then they start to go, okay, let's get up to the huddle and just stay at the line of scrimmage and keep the, keep the pace and the pressure on the defense and, and go that way. Uh, there, there is, you know, something to that for sure. Um, uh, protection, Brady being a little jittery. I think that's maybe things that that fall into their their mind a little bit in that conversation. I would guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear you there. There is some value to have that uh, at your access whenever you want it. We mentioned the Eagles earlier and the fact that they are still trying to nail down the number one seed in the NFC. As they do, the injuries are piling up. We'll get you up to speed on what the Eagles are dealing with when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues. If you and him went up and you guys shot baskets together, he'd whoop you. If you guys went out and you guys raced against each other, he'd whoop you. If you guys went out and, uh, let's see, tried to throw the football so he was to throw it more accurate or further, he'd whoop you. And so his body heals faster than yours. <laughs> Nick Sirianni talking about Jalen Hurts being built different. And, look, they're trying to figure out when Hurts can come back from this shoulder injury. He's already missed the Cowboys game. They almost beat Dallas with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And now it's Gardner Minshew against the Saints, who somehow won in that icebox of a game in Cleveland this past weekend. And the Saints still alive in the chase for the NFC South. So, you know, you're getting these guys banged up, Chris, and they don't have cupcakes down the stretch. Uh, and and they, they still – it's amazing to think they've lost, what, two games all year. They can still lose the last two. They still could. And they, they better be on guard. And, you know, they haven't had a rash of injuries all year, and they're starting to cluster at a very inopportune time potentially. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It's bad timing. Um, they're still a really good football team, as we saw last week. I mean, we had a quarterback make his first start of the year, and he threw for 355 yards on one of the better defenses in football. And they made some self-inflicted mistakes and still had a chance to win the game. They lost a turnover battle 4-1, to one, and it still seemed like they were controlling the game for a better part of it. So uh, that, they're, they're a high-quality team here. And, yeah, health, you know, being at full strength, is is of course the number one issue here but but you know not far behind that is making sure you got that first round by because then that's going to help you know or maybe you put that first and the health and issues are second either way they help each other out uh they've had the saints what in philadelphia i believe the last two years they've kind of controlled the saints both times when they've played them um i, I don't expect philadelphia to fall off the cliff here or anything like that uh, we, we've seen really only one game this year where they've underwhelmed, and that was the Washington game. I know they lost last week, but it wasn't underwhelming. That's for sure. So uh, I, I, I'm expecting them to win the game. I expect them to have the first round bye, and I think they'll be at full strength come divisional weekend, and that's going to be bad news for whoever's coming into town to play them. 
Jay Glazer said last weekend that if the Eagles beat the Cowboys, the likely return for Jalen Hurts is week 18 because they don't want him to go five weeks between games. Right. If the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, Hurts is going to push to play against the Saints to nail down the one seed. If you were the coach making the call here, and it's close, right? Where are you going to go? Do you want him out there to nail down the one seed? Do you put him at risk of further injury and have maybe a one- or two-week thing become a four- to six-week thing? Is it that important to you to get the one seed, or is it more important to ensure that Hurts is healthy? I'd, I'd err on the side of keeping the guy healthy. Yes. I think there is a, maybe a line of demarcation, though, that you know, maybe you can get to, where if you go, okay, wait, maybe he's not 100%, he's 95%. We feel good about that, and then we play him, and he's basically got three weeks to get that totally healthy. You know, I could I could certainly make a logical case there, and, and you know, this is a big deal to me in the fact that you know Mike Florio's power rankings. All right, it's a real thing. They don't want to be going to San Francisco come championship weekend. They don't want to do that. San Francisco is officially in the boat with Philadelphia is one of the best teams in football, if not the best. The team is every bit as good as the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the quarterback, maybe not there, but we're seeing he's good enough. So uh, that's got to be priority number one to me is get that first round by, get the, everybody coming to Philadelphia to play them there on their turf, grass field, cold weather. That's one of their biggest advantages. So, yeah, there's that mark, Mike. I don't know where you would put it. I don't even know where I'd put it. But if he's close to 90% or above, I'd probably play him and just nail down the number one seed. See, I would be tempted to give him another week Another off, week. And go with Gardner Minshew. Minshew, right. uh, an- another quarterback who's going to be available. I mean, this free agent market this year for quarterbacks, it seems like it gets crazier every year. <laughs> right. This year is going to be off the charts crazy. Throw Gardner Minshew into the pool as well, and he's got reason to go out and play well and nail this down and, and seal his own future. But uh, – I, I just would be nervous about getting Hurts injured. But that one seed is critical. Yeah, it's tough Especially one. because of the 49ers. The way the 49ers play. Right. We talk about this all the time. They are these badass roughnecks that will run through a brick wall. You want to force them to run through as many walls as possible. You don't want to give them a week off. Exactly. And give them I'd be an scared easier as chance hell. to keep their guys healthy. Right. Right. I'm with you, Mike. Then, so, so that's, uh, then you get to play the 49ers in San Francisco, and they're fresh as hell and can just be total renegades and killers. You know, that, that's, yes. So uh, it, it is a tough one. And you're right. You know, Gardner Minshew, again, it, it, I, no, they're better with Jalen Hurts. I understand that. But it's not a drop-off to where you go, oh, they can't win the game without him. Uh, I, I do understand that as well. I guess what I would be worried about a little is this too, Mike, where, you know, Gardner Minshew plays, they win, and then next week you have to play for nothing – Right, And it's kind of like what you said, where I don't expect to see Jalen Hurts and the starters out there a whole lot to where then you're going, well, he's only played two or three drives in six weeks of football here, and here we are in a big playoff game all of a sudden. And uh, that could definitely disrupt the rhythm of the quarterback and, and give you some issues there too. All right, he's not the only injured eagle, as we mentioned earlier. So there are five names I want to give you, and yeah. we want to try to rank these in order of importance for these guys being healthy for the playoffs. And obviously, we'll give the one spot to Jalen Definitely. Hurts. That's right. the most critical guy right. that will be healthy for the playoffs with the shoulder injury. The other guys are 
Lane Johnson with an abdominal injury that he claims he's going to play through and defer surgery and wow. take some time off and be ready for the postseason. Miles Sanders has a knee injury, star running back. Avante Maddox, corner with a toe. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, lacerated kidney. They're waiting for him to come back. After Hurts, which of those four is the most important? I think that right off the bat, I'm going to go with Lane, ja- Lane Johnson. Uh, th- that, to me, is the, the guy I look at. I mean, he's tw- you, you said it earlier this week. This is the best right tackle in football, or certainly in that conversation, and we know their offensive line play is really one of their greatest advantages. I'll go with him one, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson two. Okay, he's a special player, and he gives them like that versatility of like kind of like what you were talking about a few minutes ago with the Patriots and the mismatches and all that. You're never mismatched with Chauncey Gardner. He tackles like a linebacker, and he covers like a secondary player. So that's where he's a great advantage for them. Then I'll go Miles Sanders and Avante Maddox. I think that's probably how I would do it. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I may flip Gardner Johnson and Sanders. Yeah. I may. Yeah. I don't know. It's close there. Right. Because they've been getting it done without him. But, boy, it's great to have him because he's just that right place at the right time guy that pops up and makes a big play that tilts the field in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. But I think they're good enough that that's just kind of a luxury that's you know that's I, I the little you. the little sprinkle of cinnamon on top of the cherry on top of the 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 whipped cream on top of the cake. They they it's great. It's smart move, great trade, but I feel like they're good enough to to keep going without him because they've no, kept going without him. I don't him. disagree. So the with longer you there. a guy's been yeah, gone, right. the easier it is to say, yeah, they can keep going without the guy. But Hurts is the guy right. they need. Right. Definitely the- for the playoffs and at least to win one game. Between now, and I mean, really, wouldn't it be something if the 49ers steal the one seed or the Vikings steal the one seed? I mean, those are two places, I, and I don't know. The Vikings, look, they've played every game so close, and they got beat 40-3 to three in their own building. But still, that's not necessarily a place where, where you want to go in the postseason. Oh, agreed. You want them leaving their dome and coming outdoors to you. Uh, agreed with you there. You know, and, uh, Yes, it's, it's, it is still an, an issue. And... You know, to that point, San Francisco and Minnesota having to go play Philly in the cold and the elements out there, that, that won't be the necessarily the best for them either. And, your, you know, your conversation with the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Miles Sanders there, yeah, it, it, it's, it's splitting hairs. I kind of feel like that with the offense where I go, well, they, they, if they put Gainwell or Boston Scott back there, they might not be quite as good as Miles Sanders, but it, it's not going to be a drop-off. Where I think about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson – Again, as to your Patriots point, and to the 49ers that you brought up once again. It's, it's, the 49ers are one of those teams, Mike, that they put two tight ends on the field, McCaffrey, and then, you know, Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and you get worried about, oh, man, they're smashing us in the running game, and then the next play they're an empty personnel in the shotgun. Or they do that with two backs, with check at fullback, and then one tight end and the two receivers. And that's where Chauncey Gardner comes in, in, in handy in those type of matchups where, like I said, you don't have to substitute. He can play the run and be physical that way. And then, oh, wait, they're passing. He can cover too. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're good no matter what, Mike. I think that's what we're saying. And I'd be shocked if they don't seal up this, this one seed this week. What a game that'll be if and when the Eagles and the 49ers cross paths, it feels even more inevitable than Bill's Chiefs, frankly. Because I don't know who else in the NFC can disrupt it the way there's maybe a team or two that can disrupt Bill's Chiefs. Yeah, agreed. I'm not sure anybody can disrupt Eagles 49ers. All right, let's take a break. In case you were drunk, 
high, passed out, any of the above, uh, before putting your presents under the Christmas tree. We'll look at some of the things you might have missed from Week 16. Never a meaningless game. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, you play You play to win every game. Um, and, and um, you know, the only way I rest players is if they're hurt and, and can't go. Or if management tells me to do it, tells me to take Jalen Hurts out of a game and put the backup quarterback in the game in the second half of a winnable week 17 matchup from a couple of years ago. That was kind of the death knell for Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. And he's the one that always gets the blame for that. I think in that comment, he's trying to let people know it wasn't his decision yeah, right. to remove Jalen Hurts from that game when they could have beaten the Commanders late in the year. And who who would have delivered? It would have been the Giants? The Giants. The who would have gotten yeah, the playoffs? The Giants, the Giants. Joe Judge right? in the first yeah. year, right? That, that's what's crazy, too. It, it really is. Um, yeah, that, that's that's... That's one that I think we all kind of thought might have happened, but we weren't sure, and I think you're right. I think Doug Peterson's letting everybody know right there that that was not his call. All right, matchup draft for Week 17. Any and all of the matchups that catch your eyes, we get ready for the games to come. Chris, what do you have? Well, I'm going to go to the game of the weekend, and that is the Bills-Bangles Monday night. And specifically – what I am really excited to see is Joe Burrow versus McDermott and Leslie Frazier. All right. Burrow is just an absolute assassin in the pocket. I mean, it's, it's, it's you. The Patriots tried to play every zone invented in the history of football in the first half last week. And it's just, he just picks it apart. He knows his pass rush isn't great. And he just finds a little hole and boom, boom, boom. The Buffalo loves to play zone defense. That's what they are. They don't really want to play man. And when you play man, you know what's going to happen. He's going deep to Chase or T. Higgins, and he did that. The second New England played man a few times last week, he attacked them like that. So the game plan they have to take some of these short passes in the zone away, I'm very excited to see what they do and what they come up with because it's a tough task stopping Burrow in this offense in that department. You know, in – in a, a vacuum, I would look at Panthers, Buccaneers, six and nine versus seven and eight, and say, "Who cares?" Well, we know what's on the line here because the NFC South is so down this year. I'm gonna see the Panthers' rushing attack against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I like it, defense, Mike, because they were spectacular against the Lions. Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard both had over 100 yards, and Sam Darnold kind of quietly interjecting himself into this. Definitely. Nutty quarterback carousel in the offseason. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I mean, it is wild. It is crazy. And they may end up in the playoffs. And they may propel Steve Wilkes into the permanent coaching job, as permanent as it ever is. They've got guys who are coming out now. I think Derek Brown said, we want Steve Wilkes to be our coach. And this isn't just a short-term, end-of-season interim job. They've been with him a long time. And they may take him to the playoffs. And their chances of getting there are going to depend on that running game doing what it did against the Lions, or at least something close to it right. against a better defense on paper yeah. in the Buccaneers. Yeah, it, it's a better defense. I mean, those two running backs had 100 at halftime, both of them last week, just to describe the butt-whooping they were giving the Detroit Lions in the running game. 100 each at halftime. That's like insanity in the membranity, all right? Uh, I, 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 you're, that's, that is the matchup to watch. And you're right about Sam Darnold. You know, they run the ball. They play man-to-man. Uh-oh, DJ Moore, watch him. Terrace Marshall going deep. He puts it on, and then he can run the read option. So they have found their formula, and Steve Wilkes is, always has been. He's one of the best defensive minds in football. 
Uh, he's creative. He's made things simpler for them, and they're playing fast. I wish they had J.C. Horn this weekend. That would have made things real interesting. All right. Well, they got Vinny in the Jets, but we going with Geno versus the Jets in round two. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I mean, both teams are hanging on by a thread for their playoff hopes. They need that. We know it. It's Geno against his old squad, and he's playing a head coach who's playing the Seattle three scheme. You know, that was invented up there with Pete Carroll. So I dealing with that defense is going to be tough. He's going to be under pressure. I want to see how he handles it and if he can make some plays against them. I'm actually going to go with Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes round two because the last time around, Wilson made it what? interesting after the Chiefs <laughs> had the big lead. And, I know. And – I don't see the Chiefs showing any sympathy. What's, what a bad week it's been for the Broncos. Well, we're going to go make it worse. We're going to do whatever we can to stick it to the Broncos. The Chiefs need to win this one because if the Bengals can deliver on Monday night, what happens? Yeah. The Chiefs are back in the spot right. that they need, the one seed. So I, I just think it will be fun to watch the Chiefs doing Chiefs things, and maybe Russell Wilson makes it interesting. And if the Chiefs get a chance to do 51-14 to 14 like the Rams did to the Broncos, the Chiefs will do it. We'll take a break and do round three of the matchup draft when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. It makes all the sense in the All right, round three of the matchup draft for week 17. Christopher, what do you have? Well, I'm going to go to... Washington-Cleveland matchup. Washington, of course, huge for them. They need to win to, to, to stay alive for the playoffs or keep their seventh seed you know, intact right now. And I think the thing I'm looking at is just you know the Cleveland rushing attack versus that Washington D-line. Browns O-line, Commanders D-line. It's one of the best O-lines in football. You know, their, their traditional running game taking away quarterback runs and all that is arguably the best in the game with the Dallas Cowboys. And we know the commander's D-line and what they are, and this is going to be paramount. Their, their ability to stop that part of the Cleveland attack will go a long way to them getting the victory here. Uh, it is a game where I do think Cleveland's defense could pose some problems for the Washington offense. So uh, the, the, the defensive line, which has been the star of the show for them, they need to play really awesome here in Week 17. You know, I'm trying to find a game we haven't talked about, but let me tell you, there are some games on this weekend schedule that we just as soon never talk about. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I mentioned this earlier. He's one of the various quarterbacks who will be available in free agency. He was a starter for a couple of years with the Jaguars. The Eagles got him for nothing. He's going against the Saints. It's one thing to audition for the league. He's auditioning directly for the Saints. Yeah. Wouldn't he be a great alternative to whatever the Saints have right now between Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston? I think Gardner Minshew would be perfect for the Saints. And this is his opportunity to bedevil the Saints and maybe get them to say, hey, we kind of like this guy. Let's put him at the top of our list. So that makes that game a little more compelling to me if Minshew actually plays. Yeah, I hear you there. And yeah, he's, he's got a chance to be a starter for somebody next year if he plays well down the stretch here. Makes the game more fun. Hopefully we've made the games a little more fun for you. Thanks for some of your time today. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.